We acknowledge that we are in Treaty 1 territory, the traditional gathering place of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene people, and the traditional homeland of the Métis people. CARFAC has engaged in a research and consultation initiative to create an Indigenous intellectual and cultural property resource guide and toolkit for the visual arts sector. We aim to provide respectful protocols around the use and protection of First Nations, Inuit, and Métis visual art and cultural material. This includes information about who has the right to reproduce, present, and reference traditional and contemporary images, stories, and symbols. The toolkit will be shared on the website, which will be indigenousprotocols.art, and it will include all of our podcast interviews, case studies, and also the materials will be available to our community partners. Rosary Spence is a Meshkigoic Swampy Cree from Pitebec, otherwise known as Fort Albany First Nation, a remote community on the western shores of James Bay in Northern Ontario. An accomplished singer, songwriter, designer, and visual artist, Rosary's Cree heritage is evident in the work she produces both musically and visually. Currently residing in Toronto, Ontario, Rosary works within the Indigenous community as an advocate for cultural knowledge and language preservation by providing classes, workshops, and seminars based on the traditional knowledge gained from her maternal grandparents, her mentors, and life experiences. As a designer, Rosary has been designing jewelry and custom leather works from a very young age. She was taught how to bead and create handmade leather works by her maternal grandmother, Fabiola Spence, and in 2007, Rosary released a self-labeled fashion line titled Designs by Rosary, which includes indigenous fashion and footwear, graphic apparel, jewelry, and accessories. In 2014, Rosary designed limited edition footwear and contributed original one-of-the-kind footwear to Manitoba Mukluk's Storyboot Project. In addition to her ongoing creative endeavors, Rosary also works as an Indigenous Learner Support Program Coordinator for the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Toronto. Soon, she aims to further and enhance her skills and knowledge by pursuing higher education so she may be an advocate for health and well-being of Indigenous peoples in remote communities. There is evidence of a lack of adequate health care in the North, as well as limited access to nutritional foods, which is one of the main factors in the ongoing health complications the communities struggle with. By utilizing her platforms as an artist, an advocate, and as an academic, Rosary's mission is to be a loud voice for change in these remote communities. Welcome, Rosary. Hello, welcome, thank you. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you about our Indigenous Protocols Project. I had been scrolling through Facebook and I saw a post by you and you were holding up your registration from the Canadian Intellectual Property Office. And so I wanted to have a conversation about with you about that process and what was your inspiration to register your work? Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I can go to the beginning of um, what sparked that um, idea to register my, my 
my artwork. And um, what I'm going to be talking about is uh, particularly my beadwork. Um, so a few months ago, it came to my um, knowledge that there was a non-Indigenous company who was uh, reproducing um, my designs on some footwear. And so I immediately um, contacted the company and I didn't get a response right away, but I, uh, from that point, I just went ahead and started uh, the process of contacting a lawyer and finding out what my rights were as an artist. And this was a design particularly that went back to 2014 uh, when I first uh, drew the designs and submitted them to another company that had permissions to utilize some of the design. So um, I pulled up all of my old paperwork, all of my original design work, all of my original contracts for the designs and contacted a lawyer. And there were several lawyers that I was in contact with. And one in particular was um, very knowledgeable about copyrights, intellectual property, and kind of guided me through the process of, of how to go about um, protecting my artwork. Uh, and he advised me that that would be probably the best first step to take is to um, uh, claim that artwork as my own and also have uh, documentation of, of when it was actually first published. Um, which I did have. And then another lawyer um, after that um, advised me as well that I, you know, I could go ahead and pursue um, um, a settlement of sort or something to um, um, the other company that was reproducing the, um, reproducing the, my artwork. So I, I thought about it and I thought, you know what, like this happens all too frequently uh, with our artwork. And most of the time, um, unfortunately, the other companies, like they do get away with it, with the, um, with the theft, essentially it's theft, right? And, um, and they make a lot of money off of our original artwork and our, you know, a lot of these designs are passed down through generations. And this particular artwork that um, I was trying to protect um, is a design that comes from my own family from back up north and from Fort Albany area. My grandfather was the inspiration behind it. My grandmother talked about uh, Northern stars and, and um, you know, there's just a lot of history and story uh, behind the, the artwork as with a lot of our uh, artwork across the nation, you know, it has a story and it has um, culture. It's related to something. It comes from somewhere and uh, ultimately it's ours, it's in our bloodlines. So the North Star <laughs> beadwork pattern, um, in beginning the process for it, I, I simply just went online as advised and I, I found the, um, the intellectual property um, uh, website through the government of Canada. I went through the whole process of, of um, claiming my artwork is mine and submitted what documents I needed to submit, uh, paid a small fee. And within about a week, um, I received my certification that my work was copywritten. And it is, if you search my name and you search the artwork, the name of the artwork, it will be, it's protected under the Canadian uh, copyright law. And 
that process, the finding of the first, the recognizing that that was your piece that was not being used with your permission, how did that mm -hmm. come to your attention? That was actually brought to my attention through social media, the power of social media. <laughs> um, so this particular company had um, promoted through their business website, um, this footwear that had uh, my beadwork on it. And unfortunately the footwear is actually pretty identical to the original uh, owner of, of, the, of the actual design of, of the footwear. And um, so it was through social media where my friends uh, had brought it to my attention. Like, you know, this looks an awful lot like, like your beadwork, you should look into this. Wow. And then that mm -hmm. process of you recognized it, it was yours, and then mm -hmm. finding a lawyer. So were the lawyers in Toronto or how, how was no. that process? No. So what I did was I was particularly interested in working with Indigenous lawyers and having Indigenous representation. So I just did a Google search. I went online and I, I searched for Indigenous copyright lawyers, um, Indigenous lawyers near me, <laughs> you know, like just this typical, like, you know, searches that one would do in Google. And, um, you know, I asked advice from friends and uh, one of my friends from Edmonton who uh, recently won a case from um, an art center that was using her image without her permission. Um, she guided me towards her lawyer um, that helped her win her case. So I approached that lawyer and she was the one that helped me through the whole process. And when you went on to the Canadian intellectual property into their registration, how much information did you have to provide like historically that this is actually your, your work and your image? Um, there wasn't a lot of information that they actually asked for. It was basically the title of the work. Um, I had to um, uh, provide the date of the original publication of the work um, and, and claim myself as the author of the work and the creator of the work. And, and then also there's a part where you have to talk about the work, like what kind of work is it? Is it written is it artwork is it visual and they they pretty much say any kind of artwork that you create is considered considered visual artwork mm. and falls under that category so that was pretty much the process in regards to presenting um official documents that wasn't a part of the the process and so you had spoken that there was an agreement previously with another business to use the image, a uh, very, mm -hmm. spe very specific length of time. Has that, yeah. the business that has permission to has, have they gone after the other company? No, no, they haven't. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And so the whole process, it, how long was it from awareness to completion? I would say the entire process took about a month. Wow, that's not long at all. No, no, it wasn't long. It was a pretty quick process. And I think um, partially that was due because I just got on it right away. And I just did what I had to do right away. I didn't hesitate. 
And I knew that time was of an essence when it comes to something like that, you know, it was pretty serious. And I really wanted to make my point clear, loud and clear. And I specifically asked this other company, I said, you know, like I'm willing to, to work with you as a designer, I'm willing as an indigenous designer and um, they wouldn't accept any of my offers in that sense. Yeah, they were quite content with um, the work that they were doing already. And so will you also look at using the registration for other design works now that this experience has happened? Oh, for sure. And it's something that I'm promoting to other Indigenous artists as well. Is like once you create something, copyright your work and have it protected because this, this just happens too often without even us knowing about it. You know, there's so many cases where you know, artists from uh, a rural community, isolated community will sell a piece of artwork and it ends up um, in another part of the world and sold for millions of dollars at auction. You know, that happens all the time. So if we begin protecting our artwork, um, you know, we could also benefit from our own artwork. And that's, that's how it should be happening anyway, you know. Yes, because some would, you know, take those images and put them onto cups and t-shirts yeah, and exactly. Yeah. I I see that a lot, especially um, you know, well-known artists will have their artwork stolen and you know, they get put on some website that's on the other side of the world. And, you know, these um I don't know what to call them, but let's just call them the conglomerate. <laughs> they <laughs> They steal the artwork and they distribute them cups, postcards, anything, calendars, t-shirts everywhere. And um, half the time, like they get away with it because it just, it happens usually through a third party and that third party is very hard to find. And so the original design was from 2014 and you had all of the, I guess, records that you needed. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's another really important aspect within being able to register work, that when artists are creating new works from their own stories, from their own community, that they keep track of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, a part of our, of our history is a lot of it is oral. Like, a, like we don't have a history of writing things down, but in a modern society and, and how things are evolving, it's starting to be more and more important for us to um, write things down, you know, and keep track of where things are going. And, um, you know, I really encourage all artists um, when you create something, keep a database of it, you know, um, get a copyright for it. It's, uh, it's not very expensive. It really, I think it was $35 to pay towards the intellectual property office to uh, for your application for registration. So, um, you know, that's, if it's a very important piece to you, I would advise, you know, recommend that you do that. And then also, um, I just have a file folder at home of contracts going back to like the early 2000s of when I started doing a lot of work and taking contracts because who knows, right? anything can happen and it's, it's better to keep record of, of your work and especially uh, I think protect your work in that way. Well, that is really amazing that all of this um, 
that process only took a month. Mm -hmm. But again, in that whole month, though, there was like all of the anguish and frustration and you had tried to negotiate without having to go through the whole process. But, Mm -hmm. and I think the, um, like registering with the Canadian intellectual property office, I think most artists probably didn't know how to do that or where that information was. So I think it's really valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that this is something um, that potentially like, communities can start promoting and start offering workshops you know for all of the artists in the communities like if we can get um, maybe a representative from the office or an outreach team to reach these communities um, maybe in their economic development offices and just say you know you know this is a really good idea like to consider uh, copywriting your work and your intellectual property and maybe even developing a trademark. Like you think about the Navajo Nation, how they've trademarked their Navajo Nation and their pottery and all sorts of things that they've trademarked that um, a lot of companies, they can't touch it now because they'll get sued for it, you know? So our nations, like we need to start protecting our work, like everything from our leather works to our visual works to like as a culture you know you talk about cultural trademarks and uh you know I think this has really opened my eyes to a whole new world that we really didn't have access to you know and growing up like we had a very like simple life growing up up north and you don't think about things like that and my grandmother was like a really famous, like in our community, famous and up the coast, like leather worker. She made amazing moccasins and mucklucks, hats and mitts. And she knitted everything. She sewed everything. She was just like an amazing creator. And, you know, she would sell her items to tourists coming in and out of town or the reserve. And who knows, that person could have went ahead and sold it for God knows how much more money after that, right? So it's just a matter of like, I think we just need to come together and start protecting our work because how many companies do you see out there around the world that are creating mucklucks and moccasins and they're non-Indigenous and they don't know like the stories behind them and where they originate from. They're just looking to make money, right? So Mm. it's that appropriation of culture that is really infuriates me. (laughs) It's just... uh, and then so for the next series that you'll you'll be registering are they um also older works or they will they be some new designs you've been working on i think everything from this point forward i will be um registering and then also uh, some important pieces that maybe i have presented online i will go ahead and, and i've already started the process of registering most of those already um, from anything that I've published online, that's the ones that I'm considering um, for registration and anything from now on for the future. It's also really good to copyright your name um, as an artist. So register yourself and copyright your name as an artist too. If your name is attached to anything, you can trademark yourself. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. And have you done that? 
not yet, <laughs> but that is in the works. Like I'm still, I think, pretty new at this myself, but I'm learning a lot along the way. And uh, that's another one of my, my steps. And actually what's really interesting about me is I don't know any other rosary senses in the whole entire world. Like I've yet to meet another rosary. <laughs> so um, so it, it helps if you have a unique name, I think. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank yeah. you for so much for all this information and for joining us today. Yeah, I really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Thank you so much.